1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
2: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.
3: On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, the Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it.
4: Well, welcome and good afternoon to the Sample Show. Thanks to Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. Miles Fitzner filling in as I'm joined by, well, the superstar that he was. 115 games, former rookie at the Sydney Swans and SEN's very own, the co-host with the most of the Canaan Hazy Breakfast Show.
2: Andrew Hayes, how are you, mate? Uh, Good, thank you, Miles. You just got way too excited there saying superstar. Um, You never call a Dow defender. Who probably has more spoils than he does touches a superstar, but appreciate it nonetheless.
4: Superstar of the Golden Fist, <laughs> Golden
2: Fist superstar. <laughs> uh, we're into it, Fitzy. Uh, through now nine rounds now, so we've got a, a clear leader in North Adelaide who's sitting on top. A win clear of the Bays, followed by the Crows, who it seems are uh, probably slipping just a little bit. It always depends on selection. Followed by Sturt, and then the Eagles to round out the top five. Uh, and you've still probably got the Red Legs and South Adelaide pushing. It's a really, really open competition almost at the midpoint of the season.
4: Really open competition. Uh, it, it's. I'm, I'm glad I'm not doing sample tipping yeah. because it'll be rather difficult. I, I'm. I'm. It's going to be interesting to see how some of these teams shape up and I'm sure we're going to touch on it throughout the show and we've got some guests to touch on it throughout mm. the show too being Daniel Menzel, Sam Balderstone and Tom Keogh from West Adelaide. So we've got it covered but how this mid-season draft is going to affect um, some sides because some fair better than others, um, yep. you know, the Roosters probably leading, they didn't get cleaned out really. They've only lost Jacob Bauer at the Roosters. So, you know, maybe lost a little bit of Ford Firepower, um, but probably not someone that's that's your big racker of possessions, you know, someone like a Carmichael at, at uh, West Adelaide or a Turner from, uh, from
2: the base. Mm. Uh, interesting selections. I mean, we knew that um, a bunch of these kids were going to go. We weren't sure if Jai Menzi was going to go. We knew that there was some interest there. Casey Voss didn't go. That was a little bit surprising. but um, Not for me.
4: Uh, I, I, no, you, didn't, you didn't think he was no, going to go? No. I, like, what, what, those sort of players like Casey Voss for me are a dime a dozen. I, I mean, they, I think there's plenty of them that are that, that sort of size, height. You, you've got to have a differential. And for me, I, I just... Look, great player. Probably deserves a chance. Definitely deserves it. But there are a lot of players that are similar-ish to that that are in the system. Yep. And so you've got to find someone that's going to fit a niche and that's what the mid-season draft's for.
2: Mm. Yeah, well, look, Josh Carmichael slipped to number nine. So he was always going to go. There was talk early on that West Coast potentially going to take him to the top pick. So that was surprising to me that he slipped to nine and then the talk before that was that if he was available pick four for the Crows, that they'd pick him up. They didn't. Instead, they went with Brett Turner, but... Josh, Josh Carmichael is, is that bloke that you're talking about. So the point of difference with him is he's got great skills. He wins plenty of the ball. And he's big. He's that genuine... He's 189. Prototype.
4: 189, 88 centimetres. Mm. And that's the differential uh, that 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 makes you stand out. You're 22. You've got plenty of upside. You're the right height. You're the right weight. You're ready built. Um, away you go.
3: Mm.
2: All right, we're going to speak to Sam Baldurstein, like you said, a little bit later on. I want to ask him about... Uh, Brett Turner and Sam Durden. So if there was a club affected really, really badly from the mid-season draft, it was the base because Brett Turner is a premier midfielder. We know that he's really established himself since uh, turning up to the base start of last season. But Sam Durden is a really, really important player. But you don't talk about some of those key defenders um, as much as you probably should because you're always talking about the midfielders.
4: Yeah, well, uh, no one knows that more than you. And that's why uh, you slipped in and played 115 games because no one's talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> <There's> no one. <laughs> Everyone forgot about me. Still but, playing. Yeah, and, and hey, look, you've still got plenty of premierships under your belt. <laughs> but um, Durden's a huge loss. Massive, massive loss. I mean, for a team like West Adelaide as well, though, to lose your best player when you're probably, you know... Not quite there mm. is also tough. Like I said, Bower out of North Adelaide's not the biggest. Menzies out of South maybe hurts them a bit more than I'd say Bower would it would it at uh, North. And then you look, you you uh, they uh, the Eagles lose Williams, but they don't lose Ballandon, and yep, that's the interesting. If they lost Ballendon, then you go, hang on a minute, North Adelaide. I would have put you, you'd you'd nearly go and have a a decent old bet on North to have. To maybe take it out.
2: Mm. See, that's an interesting one. We'll ask Dan Menzel about that uh, in just a few minutes' time, because Connor Ballenden, from what we'd heard, was gone. He was absolutely gone, and had been told pretty much by well, Hawthorne that he was getting picked up.
4: Well, the mail is that that, that, that was it was said, mm. that, that actual phone call was made. So that um, that's awfully tough, and that's probably why you see a lot of these dare I say it, kids um, that. They get told they're going, but the actual emotion when your name gets called out and you are going when it's actually happening, um, everyone sort of waits because you can get told uh, you're in the hunt or they're gonna or you uh, you're going to be taken, and they're not. So um, bad luck for him, but he'll, he'll get a run. You watch him now. Uh, that would uh, – I'd be hitting the track a little bit harder now and then you watch, I think, come the end of the year. I yeah. think he's a player. He's the one now for me that'll go.
2: Exactly. And it was what, a couple of rounds ago as well when he had that game against the Crows where Rolly O'Brien, he went head-to-head with him and Rolly O'Brien had that ridiculous game of 37 touches, 42 hit-outs and – bunch of clearances and a goal. So that probably didn't help his course, but he's a good player. He's
4: only 23, 200 only 23. centimetres and 100
2: kilos. Ruck forward, they are hard to find. And he's done some very, very good things. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there's still some interest to in him at the end of the year, particularly through the SSP period. Um, round nine is done. So we'll go through this. Uh, the Bays got the job done against the Bloods. The Bloods were coming, so it was just a five point win for the Bays in the end. Some nice performances from guys who you would expect. Guys like Hamish Hartlett, who's really starting to find himself playing for the Bloods. Um, the Bays are just holding on at the minute.
4: They are. 15 5 helps when you win by five points against 13 12. 15 5 helps. The amazing Ham- uh, Hammer didn't really come into sort of any sort of fold,
2: really, in regards to mid season. He's, think- he's been absent. So he had a hamstring, which kept him out. So he, he might have missed the first sort of couple of games with some just sort of little niggling injuries. And then he's been missing with his hamstring injury. So he, he hasn't been able to get a, a proper good solid run of it. But I mean, at the start of the season, we we're saying, look, if his body stays sound and he gets a good run of things, we know what he can do in the sample. He might be a nice little sort of plug for if there's a bit of a midfield or even a, a defensive gap. There was probably a, a few rounds ago where um, Port Adelaide got smashed with injury. And we're sitting there going, do you know what? Do you know who they would need right now? And if he was on the list, would be Hamish Hartlett. But yeah. um, that's what happens. The injuries came back. And unfortunately, at that time as well, Hamish was injured anyway. But um, good for the sample, though, that someone like that is still playing in the competition.
4: Absolutely. Uh, let's move to the game at Prospect Oval. Yeah, now, this is where Norwood aren't that – they're not that bad. Uh, they're not that bad. I know they're sitting out of it. But 9 9 against, well, the – probably the best team in the comp, 7-10-52. They're in the hunt. They got overrun. Maybe just missing some – their firepower up Ford hasn't fired yet at the moment, and that's, you know, uh, probably the letdown. But I think the way they're playing the game and how they're coached Norwood is correct. I, I think it's just got to click, and they've got to sort of convert on the scoreboard. But when you've got um, the big guns for North Adelaide, like Keena Ramsey kicking three, do you think Do you
2: think Norwood will make finals? Jeez, I think they'll be pushing. I just think they're too well coached to not be in the mix. I still feel like, and everyone down at the parade would never say it, but it still feels like this is almost a development year and they're kind of rebuilding on the run. The personnel that they lost, the experience that they lost... They lost a stack. Grig, McKenzie, et cetera. Like, it was just ridiculous. I know guys like Panos um, are back, and Panos it looks like he's uh, found some of that old form that we were used to a couple of years ago before his knee injury sort of struck him down, but... I can see them pushing, but what we absolutely know about this uh, competition this year is that there's going to be one, maybe two unlucky teams that can't quite squeeze into the five.
4: Well then, before we get through, we'll run through the rest of these matches and then we'll look at the five. So uh, what did you make of um, the Sturt-Crows game? The Crows have obviously, they went from being unbelievable to
2: now Sturt, give them a well, a reasonable sort of touch-up, really. Yeah, they did because it was only a few weeks ago. They had guys like Riley O'Brien, Wayne Miller, Matt Crouch just running around in the middle, and those guys get elevated back into the AFL side. So it's a completely different look uh, for the midfield. Billy Frampton uh, had the most disposals with 26. Cool. A little bit surprised that the, the scoreline uh, got to this point. In saying that, Sturt are a really, really good side. And off the back of a, a loss last round, you expected them to respond, and they did that beautifully.
4: Uh, they did, and now uh, the, the talking match of the round was this match. Uh, the Eagles v South, the tackle counts. I've never seen it in my life. South Adelaide had more
2: tackles than kicks. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. If you did see it, you'd understand exactly why. It was just, at times, as torrential as possible. Early on in the first quarter, it looked like it was going to be actually a nice day. I thought, here we go. If the clouds just stay away, we might get some decent footy. And Dan Menzel... We'll speak to him about this as well because he kicked one of the great goals and he thought this could be a nice day for Dan Menzel just to slot four or five and show us some of those unbelievable skills that he's got. But then the rain set in and it was just disgusting. Woodville Oval right now is an absolute mess. And by the end of the game, you could hardly tell the difference between the players. That's how much mud was going around. But uh, in the end, the Eagles, they started slow, but they just played better wet weather footy.
4: Let's go through the ladder. I want your thoughts here. North Adelaide, they definitely play finals. Best
2: team in the comp. They are the best team in the competition at the moment, so um, it's probably hard to make a giant case that you, if you would say oh, they'll definitely win the flag. They definitely will be in the mix. Their midfield's just too deep, isn't it? Aaron Young, Andrew Moore, Harrison Wigg. Wig. Um, Spinner. You've got the big fella in there as well, um, doing some very good things. They, it's just, and they get it down to the likes of Keenan Ramsey. They're really, really polished and deep across the board
4: the bays lose two genuine players they're sitting second on 14 points do they slide stay up there
2: this is going to be a really interesting couple of weeks isn't it and just to see how much of a difference uh no brett Turner. i know brett turner's been missing anyway with a foot injury but sam durden he's a massive massive out so the bays if they can hold on they can regroup they can do all sorts of things uh Liam mcbean as well will come back in he makes a huge difference so they'll be up there where they've got enough to push to the next level. Crows
4: sitting third. They pick up Brett Turner. It's a big in, isn't yeah, it? It's, it's a massive in. in.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, that's 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 a contentious point in itself. That someone like Brett Turner you goes from the base yeah. and he goes over the Crows and potentially... I hope this doesn't happen because I hope he plays AFL, but he plays Sample for this year. That's not a good look for the competition. And I know in a week or so's time, the Sample is meeting with the AFL. And one of the things on the agenda is to stop situations like this.
4: Well, I think they need need to be paid for them. That's what they need to be. But Mm. Sturt, Woodville, Norwood. So Sturt and Woodville round out the five. Then you've got Norwood, Southport, Central, West. Uh, I can see Norwood, maybe, if one of these other teams slips, sneaking in. I can't see Southport, Centrals or West making the finals.
2: Yeah, that's probably pretty fair. I haven't written off South Adelaide just yet. I think they've still got too much fight. They've got too much... Gibbs uh, out with the shoulder Too much heart, yeah. And Gibbs is going to be out for the best part of the season. But if they did somehow manage to hang on and Bryce could get himself back in there in time... Before finals, who knows? But you're right, if it came down to South and Norwood right now, it's probably the red legs for that ha- last ticket.
4: Hazy time for a break. On the other side of this, we chat with Tom Keogh, Game 150, Dan Menzel, Sam Ballerstone, still to join us on The Sandful Show. Host Plus, an industry superfund for all Australians, run only to benefit its members. Search Compare Host Plus
3: today. On SENSA, you're listening to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry superfund for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes, nothing beats it.
4: Welcome back to the SNFL, the Sandful Show. Thanks to Host Plus, it's an industry super fun for all Australians. Miles Fitz and Andrew Hayes with you. As we go into, well, our next segment, Hazy, with a man that's reaching a milestone that
2: not too many get in the sample. No, not too many at all. And this is a man who's done it in so many different positions as well. He's knocked out 150 games now for the Bloods. So we speak, of course, of Tom Keo. Good afternoon to you, mate. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Yeah, going very well, thanks, mate. First of all, congratulations on the milestone. Another game didn't go your way, but it's uh, it would have been a nice little celebration, nonetheless, for something personal.
5: Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, obviously. I'd stoked that I played uh, a one game of league free. Uh, I kicked there with you, actually, Hazy. Um, it was good, but uh, it was. It was um, pretty
4: average.
5: Uh, wind and rain. But, um, yeah, almost full chocolates. But still a, um, an achievement I'm pretty proud of.
4: Tommy, Miles Fitzner here, mate. Uh, I'm sure many Saturday mornings you would have been running around in the Mallee League. And uh, look, you would have been playing up and down the hill there at Peak, when Pickering and the team running around there, mate. Did you ever think you're going to make it to the big time and and play 150 in the sample? Oh, that's
5: a um, no. Look, it's a bit, it's been a bit of a whirlwind um, since since playing some footy down the Mallee. Um, obviously, I was pretty stoked to even get so pretty uh, support around me to encourage me to head down to town and, and then try my, uh, apply my trade down in to town. So. Um, now, it's been a while since I played at Peak Footy Oval. Um, I reckon it taught <laughs> from the centre square as a 13 year old, I reckon. So um, it's been a bit of a change to City Matches and even High Centre Stadium now and some of the I've got to get to play on.
2: Hey, Tommy, take us through it. When you started at the Bloods, um, did you know what you were? I mean, you ended up being, I've seen you play in all parts of the ground, but um, take us through it. You were originally a Ford and then you got put down back, or what was the journey?
5: Yeah, yeah, right. So I came down as a, as a Ford. Um, in under-18s, when I was the first year of the, the Mac, Yeah, played as a forward, and um, then it wasn't until um, probably about three or four years later, um, we started just started coaching the league team, and, and Mark Mickin was our coach in 2014, and then our flag in 2015, and literally, I think it was about a week before, not even that, a couple of days before round one, um, we had a few injuries to some defenders, and he said, do "You want to? Do you want to try and play on a key forward like Michael Wonky?" So um, yeah, that, that was it. That was the whole extent of it. And sort of, and then through there, sort of played a little bit of back and forward, and um, obviously defender. And I was lucky enough to spend a year in the goalie, and that was good fun as a defender. And then came back, and yeah, just get swapped end to end, and uh, maybe I'm not good enough to hold down a spot. Maybe that's it.
2: Well, oh, mate, yeah, geez, no, no, no. Oh, I like this. Too good. We <laughs> I like this. I think every side would like three or four Tom Keo's and just put you in every single key position. Uh, take us through your time at the Gold Coast because yeah, I mean it was a it was a stroke of genius from Mark Micken to put you down back because it got you onto a list. What was it like up there? Yeah, it was awesome.
5: Um, I suppose when you um, take that next step in footy, it was always great to see uh, some of the best in the game. I was fortunate enough to play, an old name drop here. Um, obviously, like Gary Abbott and you know, Tom Lynch and Darren Prestia, Jay Romero. These guys just running around. So I was a bit I was a bit uh, awed at the time when I walked in, and um, once it got settled, it was. It was just great to see these guys apply their their, their craft and you know, someone like Gaz who's just so diligent. I mean me and Trains in sneakers I think the entire pre season and wouldn't miss a kick, wouldn't drop mark and you know, this is in, you know, steaming hot humidity and you know, pouring torrential rain at times. So it was really cool, um and I really enjoyed my time. Obviously it wasn't wasn't to be and that's um, that's the reality of footy and what makes Arsenal so special is that um, you know, not everyone gets to play it. So yeah, absolutely loved my time and I've tried to sort of so there's a few things I've learned and tried to bring that back to the, season. Uh, the next group.
4: Tommy, it, it, is it like that where you're sort of the rest of your career now or, or even later in your in your life with your kids and whatever, you can say that, you know, you've been on a list with arguably probably one of the greatest of all time in Gary Ablett. Like that, they can never take that away from you. You, you trained and, and spent a year there regardless of playing a game. But you're talking about a, a, a guy that's going to be Hall of Famer, probably one of the players of the... Either, either, century, really.
5: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the beauty of um, series is a terrific human being, so there's no, there's no downside to him. Um, he's a legend, so yeah, it is. And I'm obviously pretty lucky that I get to get to teach uh, and teach some kids here at school, so it always helps. Story time with Mister Carey sometimes <laughs> gets a little bit uh, embellished, and every every year maybe I get a little bit better, and uh, I've got a few more kicks, and maybe a few more years um, that will break down and I played a few games. What, a few one-on-ones with him? um, (laughs) That's right. That's right. No, so, no. of course, it's brilliant. I mean, he's a superstar and and obviously, you like you said, a future Hall of Famer and um, it is, it's great. It's going to be something I'm sure I'll tell my own kids about and, as I mentioned, sort of, it's great to have that experience and um, to play alongside him and see how he went about it um, now, even with the young guys at Westies, so,
2: yeah. Mate, 2015 was such a special year for the club, probably not expected to do the things that they did, but everything just came together beautifully at the right time, did enough to get in the grand final, and just absolutely went into it with a wet sail. Um, What was that like for you, and I mean, who's still around? Logan Hill still playing at the Bloods. Are there any other premiership players still playing?
5: Yeah, you've got John Beats still there as well, who just played his uh, 200th game, actually, um, a few weeks ago over in uh, Port Lincoln, uh, which is a bit special as well. Um, yeah, no, it was. It was uh, it was brilliant. Uh, and that's still the highlight of my career uh, was playing in that flag. It was a bit like you mentioned, unexpected. I think we finished ninth or something a year before, um, and it was just that that coming together of everything. I think Nickens was a coach who um, got the best out of his players. He was you're right. It was, a, it was a special year, and it was just great for everyone to come together. And um, you know that was that was the best part of it. I think it was it was so unexpected, and to finish you know spinning at the end of the year. And um, I think we played Woodville uh, about seven times that year with all the pre-season games you had with them and um, to, to knock them off for the a quality side in the grand finals yeah it was really special
2: Mate just before I let you go um, weekend wasn't the result that you would have liked on a milestone match but it seems you guys are building and you're not too far away from uh, getting that elusive win
5: Yeah we, we are and I mean that's, uh, I suppose we, we do have a younger group uh, not that's an excuse um, but the work we're putting in the, the standards we have on our training track a uh, second to only we have a Got a great coaching group, and um, you know, in, in addition to Caden uh, you know, Brand this year, obviously his time at Hawthorn and Sydney, uh, and of course Hamish Hartley, um, that's really helping our younger guys understand firstly what is league footing, but also learning the sort of the trades of you know midfield and, and defensive craft. So um, we're very fortunate to have those guys on board and, and imparting their knowledge. Um, and I'm sure it's only a matter of time. And I know it's easy to say that; it's a bit of a cliche, but the, the you know the last few weeks playing. Port South in Glenog on the weekend. There's been a lot of positive signs and we're really starting to... That learning always takes a little bit of time. Um, But it's pleasing to see our game's uh, performance get a little bit stronger. And uh, I've had full faith that the win is around the corner.
4: Hey, Tommy, just quickly, Pinteru lining you up to go back there after the career's over?
5: Uh, Yeah, I've still got a brother back there. um, And I have some family around the place. So uh, he tells me there's a spot in the B grade for me whenever I oh, want, oh, want yeah, it. You you so, mate, I played yeah. seniors
4: out there at Lamaru, I'll tell you what, you won't be playing B grade. Oh,
5: <laughs> 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 no, the league's still going at the moment, so I'm still stoked about it. So whenever I'm finished, uh, Peter have been a great support for me my whole, whole career. So I would love to throw that to you on one more time.
2: Uh, Tommy, congratulations on your 150th, mate. You've still got so much more footy ahead of you, hopefully at the Bloods. And uh, loved watching you develop. Loved watching you dominate in each and every position. And hopefully, uh, for you and your team's sake, uh, it win's not too far away.
5: No, thanks, guys. Really appreciate your time.
2: There we go, Tommy Keo. Good fella. It, the genuine utilities of the, com- of the competition. Like, this yeah. is a bloke who can play as a key forward, he can play as a defender, and then he's had a season or two playing in the midfield. It's just ridiculous. Uh,
4: being able to say, uh, that still sticks in my head, being able to say that you, you ran around and trained with Gary Ablett for a year... And that, that's Gary Ablett prime time too. Mm. Like that sort of 6, 15, 16, 17 era, that would have been unbelievable. Funny how he still remembers at the peak ovals on a hill yeah. out there in the Mallee League. <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, jump to a break. On the other side of this, we catch up with an old mate of ours, Dan mm. Menzel.
3: On SENSA, you're listening to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats him.
4: Oh, a bloke that feels the game day vibes more than anybody else is our next guest. Uh, we do it all thanks to Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians run only to benefit its members. Search Compare Host Plus today. Our next guest, currently leading the Ken Farmer medal, former Cat, former Swan Hazy, mm. and he has, well, midfielder turned hungry Ford, uh, breathing right down his neck in Abe Davis for the Ken Farmer. We speak of Dan Menzel. Well, hello, Mens.
0: Hey, how you going, mate?
2: Good, <laughs> good to chat. Oh, it's an intriguing race here, men's, between yourself and Abe Davis. So, uh, who should we put our money on?
0: Ah, uh, you're right. It actually, it turned into that, hasn't it, after the weekend? Um, Abe obviously kicking six on the weekend um, at the nice Adelaide Oval, and we got to play. The, uh,
4: <laughs> oh, here we go at
0: home. But, nah, no, Abe's going really well, which is um, which is good to see for for Stir, obviously, um, and is no kicking bags, which is impressive. So um we'll we'll see how the year pans out.
2: Just on that, how is the deck? I mean it took an absolute chopping on the weekend. And you're right, I think the Adelaide Oval pulled up pretty well.
0: <laughs> yeah, our our deck at our Oval Avenue is not in great nick at the moment, it's fair to be said. So um I think every single step you took on the weekend your foot would sink a good thirty centimetres. So just Made it for the trickiest conditions I've ever played in. Uh, and as a result, I guess when there's 350 tackles in a game, that probably sums up where the game was at.
4: I just want to touch on that, Men's 139 tackles for the Eagles and 187 kicks. South Adelaide, 198 tackles and 184 kicks. <laughs> now, if you want to go into... I'm not sure what the record was. I'm pretty sure that... Um, uh, that the, there was about an 18 or 19 before as a sample record, and I'm not entirely sure, but these tackle counts are unbelievable. Dylan Clark 19, Bogle 18, overall 17, Duncan 16, Kramer 16, Mead 15, O'Neill 15. Now still no Mens up here. Knight 14, he slipped 13, Rose 12. There's if you take seven in a game, you've had a big tackle game. Half, if not more, the players have had eight plus. It, it actually, you just don't see games like this ever. Did did it feel like that out there, that it was just a full-blown tackle fest? Yeah, it did. It,
0: it felt like a rugby match. Um, you mentioned Dill Clark with 19. He was leading the comp before this game, even. So he's a tackling machine. But I think it was Troy who said it to me before the game. He said, if you're a midfielder and you don't have 10 tackles today, then uh, you probably wonder what you're doing. And I think you might have gone with the unders, even. It was... Um, that sort of game where literally it was just ball would be thrown up, tap down, literally tackled, reset, go again. Um, which wasn't great because it was cold and wet conditions too. So as a deep forward, you're standing there and not moving for about five to six minutes straight at certain parts of the game. So uh, I'm really hoping that with the buy this week, we're not going to train on the oval, that it can get back into <laughs> some
2: better nick. Yeah. Hey, a, a game where goals are just so hard to come by, you couldn't buy one. Congratulations to your brother, Troy. You kicked two. Bag. That's probably, a bag. That's an absolute bag. It's equivalent to about eight <laughs> in a normal day. One tackle for Troy Menzel when the bloke's getting about 40 tackles each.
0: Well, I did not know that. <laughs> he, he actually is a little bit higher and closer to the ball than me too. So I, I know I had three, which I was pretty stoked with. So I'll certainly begin into him about that. That's... um. You're right, keep the equivalent of eight, but one tackle in a day like that's questionable.
4: Yeah, uh, the Sample have got you down for four, mate. Don't sell yourself short. So five tackles between the Menzels and three goals. You had more tackles than goals anyway. (laughs)
2: We'll take that. We'll take it. Not very often that happens. Mate, uh, just what was it like, the conditions? you mentioned just before, but um, the Sample players as well, uh, do do you get a chance to train for these types of conditions? And because you usually get sort of one or two games per season where it's just an absolute mess like this and you guys uh, it seems when it came down to it you just probably adjusted a little bit better
0: Yeah I think that uh, these tough conditions really hard to train for because you just don't train at that intensity of training so the crashing in, smashing in you sort of steer clear of that little bit of training because you don't want to injure yourself or your own uh, players so it is tough to get used to and I actually think South adjusted better than we did uh, at the start of the game. It probably took us until half time to work out that there's no point trying to chain the ball out and switch the ball. Let's just get territory on the footy. And our third quarter was a massive result of that. We kicked a couple of goals and hit the league and then literally just held on for a quarter.
4: It reads really interestingly 63 to 46 hit outs. You dominated there. Inside 50s pretty even. Your clearances you actually lost. Rebound 50s. But then you go scoring accuracy 50%, 25%. The, the the standout stat, though, men's, was that you had 106 handballs to South's 57. Uh, And not as many kicks as them. And and that sort of, well, sort of summed up in the game that you're just flicking the ball out and trying to get some territory.
0: Yeah, exactly that. And we we probably overused it early on, but um, found a much better balance as the game went on. And uh, it was one of those ones that, yeah, it literally could have gone any way. And I think the last quarter went for about 22 minutes, which we were very thankful for. So uh, one of those ones, you take the win, you pack up, you get out of there and hope that it's a little bit
2: nicer next time. Men, do you think we should start inserting Riley Knight into a McGarry medal conversation? Oh, not just conversation. I think he potentially might
0: be leading now. Uh, And the reason being is he's having such an enormous year for us. Obviously, he was doing this last year, but I think people probably didn't realise that he hurt his ankle midway through last year and just couldn't cover the ground in the second half of the season. And he's getting that opportunity to show what he can do at this level again this year. And uh, I think that... It probably would be leading because North Adelaide have been the standout, have had games where Weeks dominated, Youngs dominated, and Campbell Coombe. So I think they'll be um, stealing votes from each other, which will put him in a really nice spot at the moment. Really not
4: currently just in the finals uh, race. You're up there on the ladder, position nicely. You've got the Bulldogs at the Ponderosa on the 18th, uh, no, at home, should I say on the 18th of June? Um, just expect another win there over Hazy's old mob.
0: <laughs> you would think so, uh, if it's magic, wouldn't you? But um I I it depends on the, the conditions again. That's the thing. If it's gonna be um if it's gonna be boggy and whatnot, it just it makes the game a much more even game. It's it's seen about the hunt and who actually wants it a bit more. Um th- they've been patchy obviously this year, but th- their best is uh good enough against a good team, but they they struggle to do it for four quarters. So that'll be something that we'll be right on top of and I think we've got um, a pretty good run after the buy in terms of where t- teams are on the table. That n- never guarantees your win, but it puts us in a good spot because the teams around us have to play each other, and, and that should level that out a little bit more.
4: Well, I don't. I say Hazy's old mob, but you still cop a little bit of curry uh, yeah. against. Uh, we don't say your old
2: mob anymore. Good doggies, Junior. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yes. Uh, look, I do try, and I still cop a little bit over the fence. Which um, some of it's quite witty, which we quite enjoy, and then some of it's just not very clever at all. But I do love the passion of the supporters um, at any level. To be honest, I think that's where the game is born, and it's it's what we play for. So you gotta you gotta be able to give a little, and you gotta be able to take a little as well.
2: I means it seems like we have completely forgotten, which is a really good thing, about uh, your history with injuries. How's the body feeling? How much longer do you think you can play for?
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I, um, I probably have battled, to be honest, this year just with some bone bruising my, in my left knee, but that sort of um, got better as the year's gone on, and I didn't train for the first five weeks. Um, and and so it, just, it sort of had a small effect on me, but I, I've started to really feel better in the past month. And, and it's one that, yeah, I don't have to think about too much now. I still do a lot of prep work, but... Uh, in terms of all of that, I think the the work that I've done, uh, it's put me in a really good position. And I feel like I missed four or five years of footy uh, in my early 20s. And so I sort of want to make it up. So I guess in a way, no, I'm not going to play until I'm 36. But at the same
2: time, I still think I've got at least a few years left. Well,
4: just one out in the goal square, I think, sure. later in the career. Yeah, not moving too fast. <laughs>
2: Fighting it out with short, Troy. Short
4: 15-metre leads. <laughs> Troy, get out, get out, out. <laughs> Yeah,
0: actually, it sounds alright. We might be fighting out the pay packet too,
4: depending on what <laughs> country. That
0: is. But, um...
2: In the same salary cap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate. time um, just quickly as well, the mid-season draft. Um, you guys were supposed to lose Connor Ballant. That was the the big word, sort of coming through. But I suppose there's a couple of ways to look at it. He would have loved an opportunity, but um, it's good for the Eagles that you get the services of such an important big man.
0: Yeah, look, it really is. It's one of those catch-22s. I'm really close with Ballas, and I'd spoke with him a lot in the lead-up to it, and he had the inkling that he was going, and it was one that you're like, and I remember saying, "I'm like, I'll be wrapped for you. I want you to get the opportunity, but it obviously impacts us, and so when he didn't go, it was it was quite a surprise. We were training at the time, and so it was a really weird one with Zane Williams getting picked up and kind of not, but we, we'll certainly take it. It's huge for us in terms of our structure, and... Um, And it does hurt a few other teams um, in in what they've lost as well. So it's it's one that um, I'm hoping that he has a good back end of the year. And then a little bit like Tyson Stengel and Jack Hayes, he gets the opportunity to come the end of the season.
2: Love your work, men. Thanks for jumping on and having a chat with us. Uh, And good luck to the Eagles. You guys are in a really, really nice spot. And there's nothing better than seeing you kick some goals. And just a quick word before you go on that uh, little left foot snap early in the game on the weekend. That mine must have felt pretty nice.
0: Yeah, look, I think the ball was still semi-dry that stage in <laughs> the ground. You could actually stand at that stage. So I, was, I needed to take him early because there wasn't going to be much more after that. So I'm hoping the next game we play is more than seven goals kicked
2: for the whole match. Yeah, absolutely, mate. You need to get some uh, space between you and Abe Davis. Uh, appreciate your time. Good on you, Menzel. We'll chat to you again soon. Thanks, boys. Good to chat to you. Daniel Menzel joining us this afternoon. It's... And uh, Daniel Menzel playing the way that he is at the moment. I just look at it from a a defender situation. How on earth do you play on Daniel Menzel when he's so agile that you couldn't play in front of him because he'd just burn you back to goal? There's no way you'd play behind him because he's too quick. Yeah, and then you put the defender on that suits him and then you've got the carbon
4: copy in Troy that goes and does exactly the same thing. (laughs) So then you you need two of them. Mm. Um, But if one misses, it's ashes to ashes, dust to dust if one doesn't get him, the other must Mm.
2: sort of thing. But they... I don't know. who should win the Ken Farmer from there. Davis. You'd think so. Yep. It's just going to keep on opening up. And we get that each and every year. There's sort of one, maybe two weeks of really rough winter footy. But uh, when it starts to really dry up and there's some clean disposal and it comes in a bit more regularly, then Dan Menzel just owns it. Quick question. How many footballs would they
4: have used at that game on the weekend? Because you could probably roll out 15 footies and and keep trying to put a fresh one, but it wouldn't take long till they would be ruined. So...
2: How many would you use in a game like that? Oh, I reckon at least probably three or four. They would take at Two, least one.
4: One a different every new one a different quarter. You'd think so so, that's
2: so. what a minimum. The confusing thing about the game was, and Men's was right, it was it was quite dry early, and then it set in, and then all of a sudden the sun was shining. You thought, here we go, it's going to open up. And I'm not kidding. A minute later, it would be raining sideways. It was just confusing weather. Uh, by the end of the game, you could hardly tell the players apart. They were that covered in mud, but. Yeah, the Burleys would have absolutely copped it.
4: Yeah, it reminds me of playing down in Kingston or Panola down in the southeast back in the day. Hey, Hazy, we've <laughs> got to jump to a break. Thanks to Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. On the other side of this, past player, we go to a bloke that dominated, absolutely dominated the um, the air in the ruck for Norwood for many, many years in Sam Balderstone. We'll chat to him right after this.
3: On SENSA, you're listening to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes, nothing beats it.
4: Welcome back to the Sample Show. Thanks to Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians, run only to benefit its members. Search Compare Host Plus today. Miles Fitzler, Andrew Hayes, as we've joined by, uh, well, Hayes, a superstar of the competition, he was. Two time Premiership player at Norwood, four time Advertiser Team of the Year, State Ruckman, and three time runner up best and fairest at the Norwood Football Club. He hates me saying that. His name is Sam Balderstone, and he joins us. How are you, Balders?
1: Good,
4: Miles. How are you, mate? It was actually five times and four-time runner-up. <laughs> Sorry, five, yeah, five four-time runner-up, mate. Um, look, uh, you had a hell of a career. Uh, look, now coaching at Glenelg, we'll get to that in a little bit, but do you, is there part of you that, that misses it a little bit watching game day now? You're a competitive unit. You weren't great uh, watching it, um, and I remember when you were injured, you weren't great watching it, but do you sort of miss going out on a Saturday and just taking the PI55?
1: Oh, uh, the past two weeks with the weather, I certainly haven't missed it. But um, most weeks, I you know, like you said, competitive people are always competitive and you do get those issues every now and then. But I'm
2: um, certainly happy with the decision I made to stop playing. Mate, when you look back and I suppose the premierships and things like that, what's the first sort of feelings that come to mind?
1: Oh, mateship, I think. Um, just a sense of belonging. Um, winning premierships with your best mates is, it's hard to describe. I know you've experienced it, Hazy. Um, it's just, yeah, it's something that you'll you'll cherish forever.
4: you well, you've got two reunions coming up next year and the year after. You'll be looking forward to those.
1: Uh, certainly will. Um, being a dad these days, I'm not allowed off the leash very often. So those those two reunions <laughs> <laughs> are certainly something I'm looking forward to. <laughs>
2: hey, Sammy, fill us in on the details. Um, kids, uh, what what are you doing for work at the moment?
1: Yeah, so I've got a little a little girl, mate. She's 21 months, um, and I've just started a new job at uh, Master Plumbers Association. I've been there for about two and a half months. Um, I'm just a field officer, so essentially I've got 75 apprentices and about 45, 50 host companies that I'm looking after. Um, so it's quite full on.
4: Uh, what about the the coaching role at Glenelg, mate? I know you, you went to... Paying to play for a bit, Glennell came knocking. Um, look, one of your good mates too, Cole Gerloff, he's also gone to Norwood. What's it like down being sort of involved in a different club?
1: Um, yeah, it was certainly, certainly a change of environment for me, something that um, I probably was looking for in terms of coaching. I just, Norwood was always there, but I think the best option for me was to experience something different. The only way you can learn and grow is to, um, experience different um, environments and Glenelg certainly got a fantastic culture and environment down there that they've um, been building for the past few years
2: So what is the plan uh, Sammy like, can you see yourself uh, taking the next step with your coaching?
1: At uh, this stage I'm just quite comfortable as an assistant coach mate um, it's, it's quite a bit of work people probably don't realise the amount of work that you put in as a coach, you're always thinking and there's always something happening um, but into the short term, it's just, just the assistant coach role for me at this stage.
2: So what are the players like these days compared to maybe when you were playing? Is it, is it a little bit different the way that you handle things like feedback and, and all, sorts, all those sorts of things?
1: Uh, it probably is. Certainly from when I first walked into the doors at Norwood, the direct feedback and sort of criticism you got was very eye-opening and just hit you between the eyes. and And it probably away from that as as my career went on and even now you've just got to manage people and understand what sort of feedback they can can take and um, how to approach it best.
4: Uh, Thoughts on the mid-season draft? It sort of wasn't around a fair while ago. Uh, Now they're sort of picking the eyes out of it. I know you're in Getting looked at by clubs back later in your career, uh, earlier in your career, should I say. But now with the mid-season draft, do you look at players and go, geez, he could go or or we might lose him? Is it something that you're sort of of watching saying, oh, well, geez, I wish that was around when I was around too? You
2: you would mean hot property, Sammy, (laughs) if there was a mid-season draft and you were in your prime?
1: Oh, from a playing point of view, I certainly would have liked it to be around when I was a lot younger. But from a, a club point of view, it's... You can never knock a player. They're always playing state league to play at the highest level and to get opportunities mid-season to go and, um, live out your dream. You, you never knock a player for that in terms of what it does to a club. It just, uh, I guess you have to restructure and adjust to losing quality players. Um, but the AFL is the AFL and the mid-season drafts here to stay. So, um, the club is just going to have to adapt with that.
4: I'll get your thoughts on some ruckmen around the league, Balders. No one dominated the hit outs and clearances uh, more so than you. You were well, well ahead. Harry Boyd for uh, Norwood is probably doing that this year. Is there a couple of ruckmen around that, that you really look at and go, geez, they might have been difficult or uh, or or this sort of changed the way the ruck job's gone about it?
1: Uh, well, Keegan Brooksby and Jared Redden are still going about their business and obviously they were, were a great challenge when I was playing. Um, but Yeah, in terms of the quality of Ruckman, they're probably big men are hard to find these days. They certainly don't grow on trees, but the league's in good stead. There's certainly enough talent there in that area. Um, Miles, yeah.
2: So you speak about big men and then big men in general across the ground. How big of a loss is um, Sam Durden?
1: Yeah, mate, he was probably the number one defender in the competition. Um, His interceptability was fantastic and just his ability to shut down the best forward um you, you find it hard to replace players like that but i know at the at the footy club we've certainly got three young kids in um jared moore and kichki and jared parachute debuted on the weekend that um get that opportunity to come in and fill avoid that that sam's left
2: what sort of player have the crows got in brett turner
1: mate i didn't realize how good he actually was until i've seen him um First hand, he is, he is up there with the top five mid in, in the SANFL. His explosiveness from Stockage, um, his strength, and I don't know if a lot of people know this. He's actually a black belt in karate, so his his strength is, is um, right up there. And he's got the ability to go left and right. And I mean, we saw what he did against that AFL outfit in round three. I think it was 38 touches and four goals. Um, they certainly got themselves a good one. Uh,
4: Thank Sorry, Hazy. They draft him. They've really drafted him off the back of that game, haven't they?
1: Well, I, yeah, but I think he's been building towards that. So, moving across to Glenelg last year, like his season last year was was sensational. Um, team of the year. He's top five in the BNF, I think he was. He really stands his authority on the game and then that game against the Crows, they had uh, Pedlar, Haightley, Berry, so some quality kids in there and and he really, really made him look like um, the young kids they were.
2: So I thought you were going to say he's a black belt. So uh, if he gets a hard tag or someone annoys him, he could give him a quick little roundhouse to <laughs> the head. Um, can you see him playing AFL this year?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think he's got the attributes that the crows might be looking for in that midfield group. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised at all when he comes back from his injury. I know he's not far away, but, um He's pushing for selection straight away.
4: Balders, appreciate the chat this afternoon, mate. Uh, All the best with Glenelg, and uh, we'll catch up uh, maybe for a beer sometime soon.
1: No worries. Thanks, boys.
4: Sam Baldistone there. Uh, What a career he had,
2: Hazy. Huge Mm. career. Yeah, he was just one of those players who was so rock solid, so consistent, and like you said, he was a master of his craft with the taps. He
4: used to joke about... Like the different hit out differential before a few of the games, he'd say, Oh, I've got him by 25 today. I've got him. And he would, and <laughs> he'd go out, difference. and it was spot on. He'd have him by 15, 20 hit outs. He'd do it exactly to a T. That's all we've got time for, mate. Good show.
2: Mm. Uh, it's going to be uh, a big show next week as well. But um, if you get an opportunity, go down and see some local footy. You might go down and see if I can. Uh, keep an eye on uh, Port Adelaide and the dogs at the Ponderosa. We'll oh, good. get some good weather.
4: Be a good game. We do it all thanks to Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, run only to benefit its members. Search Compare Host Plus today. That's all we've got time for. See you same time, same
3: place next week. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.